0: You have your Bible here tonight? I hope you do. If you do, turn to Hebrews, because tonight I'm going to... Sh- Listen, I'm going to give you a lot tonight, but I want you to click in, because I really think tonight I've got something for you. But And let me just say, before I start that, I want to tell you about next Wednesday night. You've got to help me for next Wednesday night. Our, we, we start a new uh, small group series, and uh, in fact, those are our bigger Wednesday nights when we do small groups. We We run in the 35, 40 adult range on small group uh, times. And and so you pass the word on. Next Wednesday night, we begin God's at War. Everyone say God's God's at War. And it's the same format, video, and then we break up into small groups. Now, God's at War is about overthrowing the idols, the modern day idols of our time. Uh, it's not about, you know, people say idols, you know, I'm not worshiping sticks and stones or bowing down to, 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 um, you know, uh, the foreign gods, you know, and, and statues. It's really not about that. How many of you know, the modern day idols of our time, they're a little more seductive and less under, you know, can anybody name what could be a potential idol? Pardon me? Football, Just, just record. How I many of you know, and, and let me just give you a head start. Anything that takes the place of God in your life can be an idol. Something else. Shopping is, it really, possess, you know what that really is? That's materialism, right? Okay. When it takes, you know, in fact, you could start asking yourself questions. We're having small group before we have small group right here. It's pretty cool. You know, what takes up my thought life? You know, what controls my life? Another idea about an idol. Yourself. Pardon me? Video games. Video games. Uh, oh, yeah, he's point, they're pointing back at each other. It could be. It could be. It could be yourself because you've got so many you can't choose. It could, be, it could be what? Yourself. Yourself, the God of self. In fact, let me give you a little head start. We are natural-born worshipers. It is our DNA. You know, some people say, well, no, I just choose not to worship Well, you're worshiping yourself. You're worshiping uh, uh, the fact that you think you don't need anybody else to worship. But, hey, understand something. It's in our DA. We're hardwired to worship. Okay? So, next Sunday I begin this series and I will give mine a little different title and it's called American Idols dethroning the American Idols of our time of our day. So, I'll be preaching on it on Sunday morning and then next Wednesday night we begin this small group series. And and it is an eye opener and, and Kyle Eidelman, who who wrote God's at War and is is going to be our host by way of video. He said this. He said a uh, uh, idolatry is not an issue. It is the issue, and and what you'll learn from this series is that nearly every struggle that we have, you ever heard of a besetting sin, every issue that we have, or or maybe you know hard you know just thing we can't seem to get through, it all comes back to what's in charge of our life, and in fact the first three ver- the first three commandments of the ten commandments have to do with. Idolatry, so it's all through Scripture, New Testament, the last verse of uh, is it first John, the last church, the last verse of first John, and I, it says, Little children, keep yourself from idols, so from the beginning to the end. Uh, we've got to dethrone those idols out of our life. I think it's going to change our lives. I really do. So, so that's next Wednesday night. So bring your friends uh, and make sure people in, in, in your sphere of influence, even here in the church, you just tell them, hey, you need to be here. This is going to be a great opportunity. It's six weeks. Uh, and and uh, in six weeks, we ought to be able to make some major headway dethroning things in our life that whether we want to admit it or not, may really be in charge of us. Uh, and so, amen. That's that's uh, next Wednesday night. So uh, the God's at war. So keep that in mind and let's let's start strong. I actually will not be here. Uh, I leave Monday morning with three other guys, uh, none from this church, but three other guys, two from, Nieder- one from Needle and one from uh, um, uh, League City and one from, Winsboro, Texas. We're going to Mexico and drill water wells next Monday morning. So how many of you will pray for Pastor Sam next Monday morning? We're drilling water wells. If you're my Facebook friend, you might see some pictures. Uh, So uh, uh, we'll keep you in the loop there and keep us in your prayers as we head off and do that. So you'll be here Wednesday night starting God's at War, and I'll be in Mexico. Uh, By Wednesday, I'll be in Mexico. By the time you start, I'll be laying in my bed going, I'm so tired where's Cade when you need him? (laughs) Cade, I've got a picture of Cade. We went and drilled water wells. And uh, you got to understand, these folks love us when we go there. And so we were all sitting around finishing up a well. And you remember that little lady there where we were? She gave you a little Masahi masahi or Masagi. I I don't know. And uh, I got a picture of Cade getting a Masahi. Anybody speak Spanish? Masahi? Masahi. So, uh, and uh, so I was going, masahi Masahi no, they wanted all the young guys they wanted to they wanted to give the young guys the Masahi uh, they gave me the hamakkah hakah, just lay down in the hum- hammock it's the hamaka. so anyway I'll, i I may need the Masahi by Wednesday night, you never know. Are you in Hebrews chapter eleven? I hope so, I'm not. If you get there, and then I'll, I'll catch up with you. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the mystery of spiritual progress. Everyone say spiritual progress. Now, last Wednesday, I kind of built a little foundation, and we talked about enduring the process. How many of you know, uh, everything in life is a process. There's very little things that just uh, uh, magically appear. Uh, Larbeth is uh, going to have a baby uh, in June or July, July, I think. There's Josh, he knows. When, when's Gideon coming? In July? July, How many, that's a process, right? Giving birth to a baby's a process, and then, then all of a sudden one day, whoo! it's time to go. In fact, I'll throw this out. Laura might be upset with me, but she's had four dreams that it's a girl. Uh, when the sonogram said it was a boy, so she's, she's hitting Josh up for another sonogram because <laughs> she's had four dreams. And I said, well, in case it's a girl, is it Gideon Netta or something like that? I don't know, but uh, wouldn't that be amazing if it was a little girl? It, Josh is freaking out th- about the thought. But all of that is a process. Everything we do is a process. And to get from point A to point B, you've got to endure the process. And spiritual maturity is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, Accomplishing God's purpose and plan for our life, it doesn't happen over life. It is a process. And so we're going to look at the life of Moses and some others, uh, Paul and some, and and just kind of talk about the mystery and unveiling the mystery of spiritual progress to get us moving forward. Uh, Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is called the what? The faith chapter. Man, you ought to, you ought to just it, 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 it just uh, absorb this chapter. Really, Hebrews 10, 11, and 12 are just great. In fact, it's all great. But let's look down in verse 23 through 28 in reference <coughs> to Moses. By faith, Moses. Everyone say, by faith Moses. by faith, Moses. Let me stop and say, that was not always the way it was with Moses. He matured in, 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 in life. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. In other words, his parents were people of faith, right? And it goes on to say, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. How many of you know the king's command was to kill them all? And so, uh, uh, so they hid him. By faith, Moses, when he became of age. Everyone say, when he became of age. We're going to look at that phrase in a moment. When he became of age, uh, it says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch him. And then we'll stop right there. Everyone say, by faith. Now, how many of you know, and I'll mention this again, how many of you know Moses did not enter into the promised land? He had a, he had a, he had a a blow it moment. And I'll tell you about it later. But let me fast forward past his life because he did, he did die, as you well know, and if you fast forward into the into the New Testament, remember the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is on the mountain and Peter, is it just Peter, Peter, James, and John? Peter, they're on the mountain, and who else shows up? Elijah and Moses. Now, let me tell you about Elijah and Moses. They both, they both had latter years stumble moments. Moses struck the rock instead of spoke to the rock. And he misrepresented God. He said, must I always be doing these miracles? He, he took the credit. And so he didn't get into the promised land from a natural perspective, but how many of you know he made it into the promised land? So uh, he, he he made it through the process, even in the mistakes, same way with Elijah. Eli, and I don't have time to go into it, but hey, he's there with God. So it doesn't matter what you've been through if you keep pressing forward. If you'll just in, in endeavor to embrace the process of spiritual growth in your life, you will arrive at the place that God has for you. Now, let me give you some, some, uh, uh, some thoughts about uh, this phrase here um, when it says he, in, he became of age there in verse 23 or 24. That means Moses matured. He got from point A to point B. He arrived at, how many of you know there are plateaus of accomplishment in our spiritual life? You know, uh, Trent just, uh, when did you finally graduate nursing school? December. That was an accomplishment. It was a plateau. There are places we come to in our spiritual life that are just the same. It does not mean we have arrived. It means we've arrived at a level of accomplishment. It says Moses when he became of age. It wasn't just speaking of his uh, uh, his uh, what is it your chronology of age. It was speaking of his spiritual growth. So let me give you some thoughts about spiritual maturity. Maturity equals what progress. It equals success. And here's the big kicker. Most of us have ways we measure our spiritual growth and our spiritual success. Most of the time, they're flawed. We think, oh man, he can preach really good. He has arrived. How many of you know just because you can preach really good does not make you spiritually mature? Oh man, he makes a lot of money. He must really be... And we, we measure success from a, diff, from, from a flawed perspective. You and I need to understand, spiritual progress is realized at the place of spiritual maturity. When we grow up spiritually and we arrive at new levels, it moves us forward into the purpose of God for our life. There's a lot of people who have been saved for a long time, but they're not progressing. (laughs) Pardon me. They're not progressing spiritually because they're not growing. How many of you got that part? And we see that in the life of Moses. if I had time and we'll look back at some of his early beginnings and show how he moved from point A to point B. but uh, hey, we've got to embrace this thought. Spiritual progress is realized at the place of spiritual maturity. Uh, and you, you've got to be careful how you measure whose measuring stick you use to define whether you have arrived or not. It's not about nickels and numbers. Somebody say it's not about nickels and numbers. It really is not. It's not about, you can't calculate it. You can't put it in a sack and measure it. Uh, Maturity is not about nickels and numbers. And uh, remember that thought because that's where we're going to really look. It's really, maturity comes uh, when we begin to look at life from a more long distance and eternal perspective. Okay? Maturity, when you grow up, it allows spiritually, it allows you to view life from the different lens, not not a lens of nickels and numbers. Where we where we think we've got it all figured out, it looks at life from an entirely different perspective. Look at Moses in verse twenty six. It says, "Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward." Now, there's a contrast there, right? Did you see the contrast? How many of you know, from a natural perspective, Moses had arrived in Egypt, right? He had it all. He had authority, he had money, he had nickels and numbers, he had everything on his side. But he realized this is not what it's all about. I I esteem the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And guess what? I'm looking beyond this moment to a greater moment. He had a greater long distance understanding of of the process of spiritual progress. You catch that? So it's a lifestyle of looking forward into the destiny and the purpose of God. In fact, oh, I think I might have time. Look quickly to 2 Corinthians. Let me show you this principle here just to kind of build a foundation. And then we're going to move a little faster. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, he's talking about ministry. How many of you know we all have a ministry? Look what it says in verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we what? We do not faint. We do not lose heart. You see, God has a plan for our life. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan. He has a ministry for us. He has a responsibility for us. So we don't lose heart. Look in verse 16. He picks right back up on that thought. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far more, look at this, this is long distance, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, let me, th- let me throw this in. We don't look at the nickels and numbers. We don't look at, at how we measure success. We don't, we're not trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you understand what I'm saying. We don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. What was Moses doing? He, he kept his eyes on God. He looked, it, in fact, it says he endured as seeing him who is invisible, okay? We don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Somebody say temporary. But the things which are not seen are what? eternal. Now that's what I want you to get when you think about spiritual growth and maturity. It's a lifelong process. You're not going to arrive. The the nickels and numbers are never going to add up just right. And so understand something. Uh, We've got to look at this whole thing from a whole different lens, from a far greater, more eternal perspective. Not just the here and now, not just the moment. And many people look at life in just this little world they live in and they judge that I, I'm a failure, I'm a success, I'm growing or not growing. No, it's our life spread out over the, the, the purpose of God for, our, for the distance of time we have here on planet Earth. So understand that. Now think about Moses. You remember Moses in Egypt and then he killed the Egyptian, remember that? And he fled and he went into the wilderness and how, how long was he out there? 40 years serving his father-in-law in the wilderness. Now, listen, serving your father-in-law in the wilderness ought to gain some perspective somewhere. If you can do that for 40 years, listen, you got to gain some perspective. Thank you so much. And he did. And then lo and behold, God says, oh, I think he's ready. Uh, see, God's timetable is not our timetable. 40 years, and then he, he has his revelation at the burning what? At the burning bush, and the rest, they say, is history. Uh, but his life, in fact, if we had time, we could look at his life. There were 40-year spans, boom, 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 kind of interesting thought. The middle span was in the wilderness, and the last span was leading the, uh, the children of Israel. So, uh, so I'm going to give you tonight, looking at the life of Moses... Uh, three thoughts about spiritual maturity and spiritual progress that you and I need to embrace. Realizing that it's not about nickels and numbers, I'm going to reveal three things that you and I have to embrace if we're going to move forward and progress and grow spiritually. So here's number one. It's not about numbers and nickels. It's about surrender and sacrifice. Everyone say surrender and sacrifice. Smile when you say it. Surrender and sacrifice. Now, when you study the life of Moses, you will discover that his life was all about surrender and sacrifice. He was always sacrificing something. In fact, when he got to the burning bush, he gave, he surrendered his life to the plan of God and the call of God for his life. And then from really that point on, When you study and you read through the life of Moses, he's always building an altar somewhere. And he's spending quality time surrendering his life and offering sacrifice to God. He understood that the process to get from point A to point B is not how much stuff I can stack up. It's how much stuff I give up. Hello. Now, catch this. What does it say about Moses? It says this. Uh, that he, he forsook Egypt. He forsook the blessings of Egypt. And so here for us, we need to embrace this thought. And in fact, let's read it together. Did you see that last thought? Here we go. Let's read it together in order to uh, come on out loud, everybody in order to progress spiritually, there are some things we simply have to, everybody say the last two words. Now that's mysterious to me. We think about progress and, 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 and uh, you know, moving forward, and it's, we think about it's gaining things. But how many of you know the things of, of God are not gained by latching a hold of them. They're gained by giving up. It's surrender and sacrifice. That's a secret to spiritual maturity and growth and progress in life. That's mysterious to me. It seems opposite. But we look at the life of Moses and others, and they were always giving up some things. Let me give you some things Moses gave up. Number one, Moses gave up his insecurities. How many of you know he was insecure? God comes to him in the burning bush in Exodus 3 and 4 and starts telling him these big deal. He says, man, I want you. you. I know you've been hanging around your father-in-law for 40 years, but I'm ready to use you, and I want to use you to set my people free. And he gives God gives him this massive vision, and he starts making excuses. He says, what am I going to say? I'm not capable of this. What am I going to do? You know what? All of a sudden... The insecurities just began to rise to the top. And he had to give it up. Everybody say, you got to give it up. And Moses, um, pardon me, God was, uh, was patient with Moses at that point. He said, hey, you just tell him, I am sent you. I'll give you the words to say. You just got to trust me. So Moses there at the burning bush had to give up his insecurities about himself. Look, let's be honest. How many of you have a few insecurities about your own life? All right, I can't do that, you know. It, my Let me just say, my my kindergarten picture, because I was tormented and tortured by my brothers who who uh, gave me Indian torture, made me feel really insignificant. and I'm still getting healed of all that. But my kindergarten picture was like this. Oh. I was afraid of everybody and everything. In fact, my speech teacher in high school said, you're going to have to give a a speech. I said... Uh, an extemporaneous speech it means you just get they give you a topic and you get up and start talking about it I, I said no I don't do that <laughs> it's kind of like Rebecca she leads she helps in the in the singing but we keep telling her Rebecca you got to start leading the singing more she's got to give that insecurity up in fact Trent lay hands on her suddenly say come out in Jesus name <laughs> amen hey listen progress hey, it, it requires us to give some things up. Moses gave up his insecurity. Number two, he gave, gave up his inferiority. Now, how many of you know Moses had a p- 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 problem with his t- t- tongue? He said, I'm s- slow of speech. And, you know, when Moses kept making excuses because of insecurity, inferiority, the Bible says in Exodus 4 that God got angry with him. How many of you know If we keep throwing up these things to God to keep from moving forward into his purpose and plan, it angers him because it's all about... Now, fast forward. What did we read about Moses? By faith, by faith, by faith. You see, he gave up some things and he moved forward past his insecurity and his inferiority. In fact, did you know there's never a record? Because God said, okay, I'll tell you what, Moses, you little fraidy cat about your tongue problem. I made your mouth. I made you that way. Basically, what he was saying was, I made you that way, so when you talk and I speak through you, everybody will know it's me. He said, but okay, I'll let Aaron, you whisper in his ear, I can just hear this, you whisper in his ear what I tell you, and he'll speak for you. How humiliating. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me doing that on Sunday morning? You know, have have one of you up there beside me? And I go, and then you say, well, Pastor Sam said that God said. There's no record that that ever happened. In other words, he gave it up. Moses gave up his insecurity, his inferiority, and he gave up his identity that he had developed there in Egypt because it says uh, he, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He gave up what the world was putting on him. How many of you know the world's trying to identify us with them? And he didn't let that happen. He gave up who he was in Egypt and, and embraced who he was in God. Number four, he gave up any iniquity in his life. He sacrificed. He, that's, he was always endeavoring to be right with God. Look in the Hebrews eleven twenty five, 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. You see, if we're going to progress spiritually, there are some things we have to give up. You may not have insecurity, you may ha- not have inferiority, you may not have an identity issue, uh, you know, uh, or an iniquity issue, but hey, you know what, that, next week we're going to talk about idols. There may be some idols we got to give up. Are you with me? Say amen. So what about us? Now, interesting thought about Hebrews. Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. These people, they trusted God. They believed God. They endured the process. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Well, then it gets to chapter 12. And it says this, the first three verses. Pardon me, the first three words. Therefore, we also. In other words, this applies to us. We learn from the forefathers of our faith. We learn how they progressed spiritually and how they moved through the process. And we walk as well. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In other words, we've got some things too that we got to give up. Are you with me? Let me give you four thoughts quickly. We need to give up our way. How many of you know some people have this uh, mindset, it's my way or the highway? How many of you know if you're going to progress spiritually, you've got to give up your way? I really believe uh, that. that's what moses did and the forefathers of our faith did uh, and that's what he's calling us to do he said in that chapter uh 12 verse 1 we run our race but look what it says in verse 2 looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith in other words how many of you know if you're walking by faith you're not walking in your way you're walking in his way we got to give up our way it's not what i want it's what god wants we got to give it up. Everybody say, you got to give it up. Number two, we've got to give up our will. I really believe that's what Moses did through that process. When he, when he had a, you know, in his mind, he, he had it all planned out for his own life, he had to finally lay it down and say, hey, I'll do it your way. I'll do your will. I'll walk by faith. I'll embrace the will of God. That's what Jesus did there in the garden. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. We've got to give up our way. We've got to give up our will. We've got to get up what we want. Ooh man. How many of you know little babies have a, have a way of wanting things? Right, Josh? If they don't get it when they want it, what do they do? Ah! That's a reflection of our spiritual maturity, isn't it? If we don't get what we want when we want, some of us ever come, you ever go to God and go, hey, well, I didn't get what I want." We've got to give up what we want. That's what what Moses did when it says, hey, what did he do? He he refused the passing pleasures. That means fleshly desires and fleshly wants. We give up what our flesh wants. And then we, we embrace what the Spirit of God wants through us. And we give up our world. Oh, man, really? Well, the Bible says Moses, you know, Moses' world had become Egypt. And he gave it up. There was another guy in the earlier history who didn't give up Egypt, Lot. He stayed too close for comfort. His wife looked back. But Moses gave it up. He said, I'm giving up Egypt. I'd rather suffer affliction with the people of God. Not fearing the wrath of the king. And he endured, verse 27, as seeing him who is invisible. You see, growing up is all about giving up. Everyone say that. Growing up is all about giving up. You see, until you're willing to surrender and sacrifice, you're still a little baby. But once you come to the place where you say, hey, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm looking at life from a far greater, more eternal understanding Planet Earth the shortest amount of time I'll ever live anywhere. I'm looking to the reward. I'm looking beyond this moment. That's why I'm able to endure because I've got my eye on the prize. As Paul said, I'm pressing forward. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking behind. Growing up is all about giving up. So some of the mystery uh, 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 revealed about spiritual maturity is this principle. It's about giving up. Number two, let me give you number two. Another thought about spiritual progress. It's not about numbers and nickels. It's about enduring expectation. Everyone say enduring expectation. Now, there's a difference between gritting your teeth and getting there and enduring because you have a greater level of expectation about your future. In fact, my definition of hope is a confident expectation of good. For your future, let me show you a couple of scriptures. Then I'm going to kind of bring it to us. Look in verse 13 of Hebrews about these that died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Did you catch that? These forefathers of our faith, they didn't receive it in the here and now, but they saw it afar off and were assured of them. They had an enduring expectation. Therefore, they were able to endure the process. And when you read through some of these, they endured a lot. Trials and scourgings and imprisonments and stonings and, and slain by the sword. Destitute, afflicted, tormented, wandered in the deserts and the dens and the caves of the earth. Verse 39, and all these having obtained a good testimony, what? Through faith. They endured the process because they had a confidence about their future. Amen. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. That's what it was with Moses. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. That's that, that cheerful endurance we talked about last week. As seeing him who is invisible. Now, so for us today... Here's what we need to embrace. In order to progress spiritually, there are some things we have to go through. What was the first one? There are some things you got to give up. If you're going to uh, progress spiritually, there are some things you got to give up. And now, uh-oh, we, got, we give it up and we think I give it up so now everything's going to be good. No, there's some things you have to go through. What did the psalmist say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Could I tell you something about spiritual progress? It's not all peaches and cream and Chevrolet and apple pie. There's some things you have to cheerfully endure and go through. And that's what it, the way it was. That's what it says about us. Therefore, in, in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we run our race with endurance, looking unto Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He went through some things so he could get to some things. How many of you know you've got to go through some things so you can get to some things? So, let me give you some things and, they, and, and don't y'all don't amen me too much here because we'll never get through. But let me give you five things that all of us have to go through at some point in our life. There they are. Toils, troubles, trials, temptations, and tears. Somebody say amen. Everyone say it. Toils, toils. Troubles, troubles, trials, temptations, and tears. Man, preacher, hush. Hey, let me just tell you, this is the mystery revealed. If you want to grow spiritually, you've got to learn to embrace these things in your life because there's some things you've got to go through in order to you get to where God wants you to get to. To get to it, you've got to go through some things. Now, Paul talked about his life. He said in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 27, he said he was in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often. He went through trouble. 2 Corinthians 11 defines things that Paul went through. He said, Three times I was beaten with rods. Now, normally that was 39, 40 minus 1, 39 whacks. Left for dead. He'd been through some trouble. And trials. What did James say about the trials in chapter one? Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into different trials, knowing that the testing of your what? Faith produces what? Endurance. But let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, you gotta go through some things to get to some things. Did you know that's not even in my notes? You could tweet that, that'd work. You gotta go through some things to get to some things because it's really true. And it's amazing to me as Christians, we we start our Christian walk and somebody told us, you know, man, you just confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and everything's gonna be all right. You know, uh, let, me, let me tell you one of the big evidences of, of being a spirit-filled Christian who's hungry and thirsty after God. You wanna know the big evidence of, of that? Somebody said, well... No, it's trouble. (laughs) You're going to go through some trials and some trouble. And some temptations. In fact, James chapter 1 says this. uh, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. This says nope to dope. No to the sins of our... uh, like, Like... Moses did. I'm not going to mess with the passing pleasures of sin. I'm not going to yield to these temptations. Why? It's going to get me knocked off course. Get me out from under the will and the plan of God for my life. And Then number five there is tears. Oh, man. There's a passage of Scripture in Psalm 25, 125 that says, Those who sow in tears will reap in joy. God never wastes a trial, a temptation, or a tear. In fact, did you know the Bible says he stores those tears up in heaven? There's no wasted tears. They all have a purpose and a plan. The mystery for your spiritual progress. Number one, hey, there's some things you've got to give up if you're going to grow up. Number two, there's some things you've got to go through if you're going to get to where God wants you to be. It's just the way it is. Some people go through go through some things that I don't. How do they ever go through those? By faith. By enduring because we have Confidence in the eternal perspective of God over our life. Go back to 1 Corinthians. Hey, our, our outer man is perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? Because I have faith. And that's what you see in the life of Moses, by faith, by faith, by faith. His parents by faith, he by faith. This is how we get from point A to point B. We endure the process not just by gritting our teeth and bearing it, but by having faith and confidence in the end result. He looked to the reward. Amen. Everybody say there will be a reward. Tell somebody there will be a reward. There are paydays are coming. Somebody say paydays are coming. Whoo, man, paydays are coming. Hallelujah. Now, number three. Here we go. The third thought about spiritual progress, unraveling the mystery. Revealing the mystery of progress. It's not about numbers and nickels. It's about health and healing. Now, let me explain. Remember Hebrews 12, therefore we also, right? In other words, now it's application time. Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Hebrews 12, now, it's up to you to walk in the same shoes that they walked in. Now, therefore, we also... Now, look there in verse 12. Let me, get, let me just throw this in. Uh, I should figure out a point for this. Verse 3 through verse 11 has to do with chastening. And this is not in your notes, but let me throw this out. If you want to get from point A to point B and grow spiritually, you've got to yield to the chastening of God. I don't have a point for that, but that's there. Now let me get you at verse 12. Therefore, because we're talking about health and healing. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. How many of you know paths for your feet endures We're going somewhere? And if you're going to get where God wants you and you're going to progress spiritually... Strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be what? Healed. Everybody say healed. In other words, you'll never progress spiritually if you're all infirmed and crippled up in life. How many of you know that? If you're all infirm and crippled up, you'll never get where God wants you to be. And so here here the writer of Hebrews, who I happen to believe is Paul, comes along and he says this. Okay, if you want to keep moving on this path, you've got to get healed. Now, let me just pause and say this. Just because you become a Christian does not mean there's not some things in your life that needs to be fixed. How many of you know we bring our infirmities to the table many times, the hurts and the pains of life that we bring to the table and we never get people, sometimes people are so frustrated because they never seem to get past, uh, get moving forward in life. Could I tell you that many times it's because we never get healed from some things in our lives? And so that's what the writer, he, he said, listen, you got a, the plan of God. In fact, let me just move on. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, there's two thoughts. You've got to get healed relationally with others if at all possible. How many of you know offense and unforgiveness keeps you stuck? And then holiness, that's being made whole and right in God's sight. And then look, verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by that many become defiled. In other words, we get all polluted and poisoned spiritually in our life because of offense and and heartache or whatever reason, and it stifles the progress of God in our life. You with me? Say amen. So here, here we go. Let me give you four thoughts. We need to get he, oh, here we go. So, therefore, here's the application. In order to progress spiritually, there are some things we simply have to what? Get over. What was number one? We got to give up. Everybody say give up. The second one was we got to go through. And the third one is there's some things you got to get over. Now, I'm not known for my compassion and mercy. My wife is. Have you ever met my wife's compassion and mercy? It's just amazing. She, she just is that kind of person. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not caring. It's just not my, my primary motivation. And my mindset many times with people is, you just got to get over it. They come and puke and, 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 and you just throw up. I I tell people this, if someone pukes on you, either physically or even verbally, they are undoubtedly sick and need to be healed. (laughs) How many of you know if you have an upset stomach and you throw up, I don't want you to be gross, you get a little temporary relief, but there's something else causing the issue. Now... So I'm not known for my, well, bless your heart. Come here and let me rub your feet and make you feel better. Because ultimately I know that until you get healed on the inside, you're going to just bless somebody else with your throw up tomorrow. And it may be me all over again. And I don't like to be thrown up on too much in life. In fact, you throw up on me once, I'll stand off a little from you now. Now, come on now, I told you how to, in fact, I've done this many times with people. They come, I said, okay, I'm going to give you three things to do. And I'll give them a prescription to begin to get healed. And so they come back next week. Well, how you doing? Oh, Well, "Well, did you do that? I know, man, I did you do that? uh, Man, did you do that? No, I didn't do that. Okay, when you start doing that, then you come back and let's talk again. But I don't want you throwing up on me again. I want you to get healed. Are you with me? Now, how many of you know, I might become a pretty good counselor here if, I, if, if, if you hang on just a minute. Because ultimately, well, there's some things in life you just got to get over. Now, I have, I, there's some people who have been through things that I think, how on earth are they ever going to get over that? By, the, by faith. And by, by, look, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. That has, that's our responsibility. Listen. I can rub your feet till they, till they, they just, oh, and, but until you get healed, you're still going to be stuck. Are you with me? Say amen. So there's some things we just got to get over. And uh, hey, we got to get past the past. There it is. Our past problems. That's what, that's what, how many of you know Moses had a past? How many, how many of you know murder is a past? Moses was a murderer. Forty years out in the wilderness, I don't know what went on. Nobody does. We get get a blank spot by and large. But somewhere in Moses, 40 years of wilderness experience with his daddy-in-law, he came to a place where God thought him worthy to put back into play. In the plan of God, somehow he got past the past. Now I don't think it takes forty years. But however long it takes, you can't let it drag you down. I've met people. I've met people, you start talking to them, and they start talking about offenses and things, and they get all furrowed up and they get the stinky face like is a stink face like Josh said, Josiah gets a stink. And you think, my bless their heart. And then you say, when'd that happen? Oh, 1972. <laughs> and they're carrying it like it's, it happened yesterday. So you've got to get past the past. You've got to get over it. Number two, the paranoia, the fears of life. And, and Moses got over it. I'll tell you, I don't, we, don't, we don't know all that Moses went through. But listen, he went from, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. To enduring the process and by faith, he said, I'm leaving Egypt and I'm doing the will of God. And I'm not backing down. I'm not, I'm not going to be all hung up in iniquities and sins. I'm moving forward by faith. He got past his past. He got past his paranoia. He got past his problems, his speech issue. In fact, let me just throw this out. I have a message that I preach to pastors all over the world about this, about Moses. And it's about this very issue. And, and how many of you know, Paul, the Bible says Paul said he had weaknesses that God God shows up in his weakness. He's sufficient. He said, my grace is what? Sufficient for you. It doesn't mean just barely enough. It means more than enough. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, I'm made strong. In other words, I'll show up in the middle of your weakness. And I've told pastors all over the world, he may never fix your issue. You may talk funny all your life. Li- li- but what God told Moses, he said, Did you know I made you the way you talk? Who made in fact he qu- he says, Who made the lame? Oh, that was the devil did that. That wasn't God. That was the devil. Well, you gotta read your Bible. Because God told Moses, Who made the lame, the blind, and the halt? Have not I the Lord? God doesn't care if you walk with a limp, He doesn't care if you need to see an eye dog. That doesn't bug Him. What He wants to know is if you're going to trust Him through the process and let Him show up in the middle of your mess. Could have get a better amen, somebody. And maturity realizes, hey, glory to God, there's some things you've got to get over. Amen? And then his pitfall. I told you, he blew it. God, the first time, said, smite the rock and water come out. And he did, and water came out. The next time, just a little while later, God says, now you speak to the rock. And water will come out. Well, Moses was hacked off with the people and he smote the rock. God honored him, but that's what kept him out of the promised land. And here's what Moses did he said this to the people as he was disobeying God with the methodology. He said, Do I always have to do this for you? And you know what he did did really? He took the credit for the miracle and he didn't give God the glory. God honored Moses as the man of God, but Moses wasn't honoring God as the man of God. And it cost him the promised land. He said, you can look at it from across the way, but you're not going to go in. And that's when Joshua comes on the scene. Moses, my servant, is dead. But we see in the Mount of Transfiguration, God could have picked anybody. And, and, and though we don't know the convo, I got a feeling before Moses was buried in his tomb that he got past his pitfall because he made it to the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah and Jesus. That's pretty good company, don't you think? So, finally tonight... There's some things we have to give up if we're, to move, if we're going to grow up. There's some things we've got to go through if we're going to get to what God wants us to do. And there's some things we've got to get over. Just got to get over it. Get past the past. Your fears, your problems, your pitfalls, just got to get through it. Got to get over it. Now, why? Everybody say, why? Look at your name and say, why? Because there's still some things that you and I have to get done. If God was finished with you, he'd be finished with you, but he's not finished with you. You're still here. We're right here. And so there's, there's some things that have to get done. And God wants to use you just like he used Moses, just like he used Paul, just like he uses anyone who's willing. God wants to use you to do something dynamic for him. You're not just a bump on a log. God has a plan for your life. There's some things for you that God has for you to get done. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we faint not. Now, understand this. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, we've got to redeem the time for the days are evil. Make the most of the opportunities that God has for us and redeeming the time. I spent some time with some pastor friends this past Friday night. Just And one I didn't particularly know uh, he's a young man. He's all fired up, got vision. He's a new pastor. He's been in missions work. He's, he, he has a real faith for healing and miracles and told some neat stories. And, and uh, you know what thing that just struck me strong about him? Uh, we were talking about our lifestyles, and he said, you know what? I've just looked at my life, and I'm wasting too much time in the evenings. Now, in my mind, you know what I was thinking? That's a perfect time to waste a little time is the evenings because I'm I'm 57 years old and I love wasting time in the evenings but it sparked me it made me go "Ooh, I like it he's redeemed he he said I got to redeem the time this 35 year old young man has has memorized like 12 books of the bible I said say what tell me again how'd you do that I mean, he is, he, he's, he's zealous for the things of God. He, there's something in him that says there's some things that still have to get done. Former dope addict. He got through some things. He got over some things. He gave up some things. Now he realizes, ooh, there's some things that have to get done. So, there's still world, there, hey, there's churches that need to be birthed. There's ministries that need to be built and established. There's a world that needs Jesus. On and on it goes. Amen. I love the old hymn. It says this, We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work. And then we'll be gathered home. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's not the easiest thing to grow up. And move forward. It, it it requires us to have to give up some things. It's about surrender and sacrifice. It's about going through some things. To get to something. Amen. It's about giving up, going up, moving forward. That's the mystery revealed. Let's stand up tonight. If you're here tonight and there's some things you got to get over listen I don't have the magic I don't have the magic uh, wand here in fact very rarely does a one-time altar experience completely get you where you need to be that's just the beginning grounds let's just say you're all hung up on drugs and you come to the altar and you get a miraculous conversion and that spirit that was controlling your life and that idol that's controlling your life is broken off of you and you find great liberty there in the altar. Man, that's a great starting place. But how many of you know the choice is every day, isn't it, Cade? It's every day. Cade used to be He one day realized that Jesus was hung up for his hang-ups. But you remember what Joshua told the people? He said, choose this day who you'll serve. Every day's a choice, right? Am I going to move forward or am I going to get stuck? Am I going to grow up? Am I going to give up some things? Am I going to go through this or am I going to get stuck? I'm going to get over it or am I just going to stay stuck? Am I going to strengthen my hands that hang down and my feeble knees? Or am I going to sit in my ditch and whine and complain about the circumstances of my life? We can can move forward. How we do it? By faith. Amen. It's a process. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for the word of the Lord.